0: on the next sales is king yeah we're back do you have what it takes to become a mega dealer what is a mega dealer we'll go over the five characteristics that'll propel you from playing small to playing big next on sales is king (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome back to Sales is King, Dan Sixsmith, your host, and man oh man, it's been too long, friends, way too long since we did a podcast episode, my sincere apologies to all of you who regularly listen, uh, it's been incredibly crazy out there, super busy, and um, just Manic. So, um, but happy to be back, really interested to hear how all of you are doing out there. Things are really starting to turn around in terms of the pandemic, um, the business climate, a lot of positivity out there. So hopefully things are improving, um, and you continue to grow and do well and move along in your sales careers. Um. Or leadership, and um, so let's jump right in. It's been a while. Um, I wanted to jump into a really interesting one for this week. Happened to come across, um, I think it was a tweet or a LinkedIn post from Jamal Reamer, who's the VP of Commercial at a company called Sama S A A M A, and he came out with the six skills that you need to develop to become a mega dealer and he says he's coining the term mega dealer and I love this and what is a mega dealer you ask well a mega dealer according to Mr. Reamer is an enterprise rep who finds and closes at least one massive deal in their career much larger than what is typical at your company your product or your industry? Let's hit that one again. A mega dealer is an enterprise rep who finds and closes at least one massive deal in their career, much larger than what is typical at your company, your product, your industry. Well, isn't that an incredible definition? Isn't that something that we should all be striving for when we think about going big, right? When we expand our mindset, when we set our thermostat at a much higher level of financial um, prowess, right, Um, of sales success, we reset everything to look at our business in a much larger way. And thus it drives us to Execution How do we get those mega deals closed? Or according to Mr. Reamer, one in your career, I think that, um, you know, two would be nice, right? Or maybe even three. Um, but what is a mega deal, right? What is a mega deal for you? Is that one million dollars? Is that five million dollars? Is that ten million dollars? Or is that a hundred million dollars? <throat> it really depends on your industry. But the idea is is to think outside the box, to think beyond what's typical, right? Think about your company. You see these average deal sizes coming through. Why not triple that, quadruple that? How do we do that, right? How do we find that massive deal and then close it, nudge out the competition and get that On your resume. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I think it's a great topic to jump back in on here after being away for a few weeks. And I want to go through the six characteristics, the six skills of the mega dealer. And let's face it, we all want to become a mega dealer. And let's set a goal to become a mega dealer in 2021 and into 2022. Let's kick off the return to normalcy here with a mega deal okay number one in the skills of the mega dealers number one financial literacy okay so let's talk about that we we've talked about this quite a bit i'm going to move around a little bit here uh, with my bluetooth um we've talked about this quite a lot on the podcast financial literacy what does that mean that means a number of different things. But most importantly, I think, and let's talk it through, um, number one, it means understanding your customer's business, your potential customer's business, right? Um, understanding how they make money. Not just the, the, the narrow problem that you're trying to solve, right? Um, but you know. How do they make money? How do they exist in an ecosystem? How do they compare to their competition? Who do they sell to? What's their business model? And how do they make money? Who are their customers? How do their customers leverage the solution to make money themselves? How is their solution positioned Against the competition, right? But most importantly, how do they make money? What is the business model? What is the selling price? And what is the profit? Okay? Super critical. That's one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is financial literacy in putting a deal together for this new mega-customer, or mega-prospect. Crafting a deal, right? Understanding how your company makes money. Understanding, then, how to put a deal together that will be appealing for this new mega-prospect. So in other words, understanding their business so well, then going back, knowing your business, and putting together a deal, hopefully over multiple years, that will be very appealing to your prospect. Now, you're going to have to show, and to me, is part of financial literacy, is selling value, right? Financial literacy doesn't mean, you know, here's how the numbers add up. We all can do that, okay? But selling value, showing them, how the solution makes them money, and actually what this investment looks like uh, in terms of a return. So being able to talk ROI, being able to sell with value to show that your solution is actually going to make them a ton of money. And it's an investment that's going to return them many, many times what they're going to put in here. As part of financial literacy, you're also going to be able to to be comfortable when we start to talk about price, when we start to justify price, right? This is an area that sometimes can go off track. Uh, Reps get nervous. They get uncomfortable talking about money. Um, And this whole notion of financial literacy is proven out um, in the surveys with um, objective management group that surveyed, over 2 million sales reps over the years. Um, the ability to talk about money is one of the top differentiators among the elite and top reps versus mediocre slash weak, okay? So you've got to shore up your financial literacy, your ability to talk price and justify price, your ability to understand the um, how your price is delivered and the ability to show the prospect how they're going to be able to make money so this whole notion of numbers it just doesn't cut it to be able to say i'm not strong in this area Um, you know i don't feel comfortable because that's going to make or break a lot of your deals but it will definitely make or break the mega deal that you might be going after So number one, financial literacy, get on it. Number two, according to Jamal Reamer, creative problem solving, love this. Number two, creative problem solving, right? So we've all heard the notion of strategic advisor, subject matter expert, a sales rep becoming almost an extension of the prospect team, right? With that knowledge coming in um, and solving problems, right? The more problems you solve, the more money you will make. The more problems you solve, the more money you will make. But in order to solve problems, um, you have to get creative. You have to ask the right questions. You have to ask um, and make sure all the right people are involved. Right? Those questions could be, who else do we need to talk to? Who else should we bring in? You have to have had researched the industry. You may have certainly have solved this problem in the past, and you could put that blueprint together. But it's thinking on your feet. It's being creative. It's thinking bigger, thinking wider maybe, um, thinking differently. There's a brand new book out that I just started um, from Adam Grant called Think Again, if you remember. I'm a huge fan of Adam Grant's uh, Give and Take book, which I recommend to you, and we've talked about that in a couple of our episodes. Think Again is a great one. Um, It's Adam Grant challenging us to to think differently about things, right? Um, He uses the example of, and I know we're going to go off on a little sideboard here, but we'll come back. Uh, He uses the example of, you know, updating our beliefs, uh, pivoting, thinking uh, differently than we've done in the past. So many of us hold on to these tried-and-true thought processes or beliefs, you know, but he uses the example of, you know, people will laugh at you if they say, if you say you're using, you know, Windows 95, right? Um, But the reality is many of us might still be thinking the same way we thought in 1995. So why can't we upgrade and update our thinking the way we upgrade and update and uh, evolve technology? So this whole notion of creative thinking is something that we really all need to work on. There's great books on it. um, And it comes with Just having confidence. It comes in with being prepared. You can outline some of these questions ahead of time. It comes with, you know, leveraging the right people in your organization, thinking out of the box, figuring out ways to solve problems. Giving the prospect confidence that you can help them um, and becoming basically an extension of their team. So that's number two. Number three, nurse-like empathy. Wow. Don't think I've heard it quite like this before. Certainly, the notion of empathy is one that has risen up the ranks um, over the years in selling. And we've had a couple of great episodes on empathy. You could look back. Um, we interviewed Dr. Helen Reese, who essentially wrote the book on empathy. She is a, an MD who specializes in Empathy for medical professionals. So um, check that episode out. And then I did uh, earlier in, the, in the, uh, our podcast history here, probably one of the first twenty episodes, I did another um, individual episode on empathy, nurse-like empathy, and what that means is, it's really connecting emotionally with your prospect. It's listening intently. Um, Showing the prospect that you understand, playing back what they said, um, and really truly acknowledging the um, you know potential consequences of the situation that the prospect is in, you know. Um, and many times we talk about how we um, you know kind of tromp right to the demo, um, and we kind of you know listen with one ear to what prospects are saying. They talk about listening with the intention of, you know, talking. You're, you're loading up an answer, and you can't wait to get it out there. Or you're loading up your PowerPoint, and it's like, let's get done with all this nonsensical discovery, and let me get into showing you guys how this, this bloody thing works, right? And that's just the absolute wrong way to go. So, um, empathy. Listening, Active listening. So many people have called it that. I feel like I was one of the first ones out there uh, with that back in 2017. But actively listening, uh, you know, means validating. It means asking questions, making sure you understand, you know, um, digging deeper, right? Getting a, a click deeper on this issue right, getting to that root cause, as our friend Keenan, uh tells us, right, not just what they're telling you, but, you know, what's underneath, what, what's the real, what's the real cause of the solution, you know, why hasn't this been solved before, um, but understanding from a personal level, that's where we get empathy, empathetic, you know, from a personal level, what the The stakeholder or group of stakeholders, what they're really feeling, what they're experiencing, and what's at stake. Right? That's really what it is. What's at stake? What happens if they don't solve this? Is everybody out of work? Do people not make their bonus uh, potential? You know, learn what's at stake here. Learn. Learn what the prospects have at stake. Super critical. If you can show or demonstrate how you've experienced something like this, certainly that's helpful. Um, not making it about you, but making it about them, even showing them that you know, you've been down a road similar to this before. You understand the stress and pressure. So you have to be a... you know, have to be really a almost a therapist when you um, you know are working closely here and trying to show empathy. So think about empathy. Think about how you're going to make that an area that you improve in, because it's going to drive a deeper connection, and it's going to help you propel you to the mega deal. Number four, they say project management. And I think what Jamal means in this is actually process management. Um, You've got to be a master of the process, the selling process, the buying process, right? Leading, not a passenger. Following um, a method, a process, asking the questions about, How things get done internally. Who makes decisions? Who holds the budget? Who else needs to see this, right? Some of the basics, but navigating the process today is tricky. And it is a key skill of the elite sellers asking about the process. Maybe even helping to frame out a process if the buyer does not know Where to go. And this has come up a number of times um, in the last several months on our deals. Buyers being new, not knowing what to do next, not knowing how to bring you on as a vendor. So you need a framework, you need to ask questions, and even put together a roadmap and work with the buyer or the champion to move things through in a timely fashion to work to get some of those other stakeholders on board to help set up those meetings to help with the materials that the champion or the initial stakeholder is going to need so process management by far is one of the keys and something that you have to become a master at right you have to know um it's the only way there could be 10 people involved. There could be 15 people involved. In a a mega deal, it could be 20 or more people. So identify those people. Start multi-threading, as we call it. Start to connect to those people. Start to bring in more folks on your side, right, as well. Um, A mega deal is going to require C-suite connectivity on both sides. So begin early in connecting the chiefs, to each other. Process management, number four. Number five, he says, is rule bending. Interesting, rule bending. Um, well, let's dissect that a little bit. Certainly, we're all about ethics and legality. That There's no room for bending that. Um, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do to get things done. You know, you might have to change your structure of your deal or, you know, um, put in some incentives or put in a de-risking factor into the um, deal, perhaps, right? Sometimes you may have to go and connect directly with um, someone else on the buying team. You know, if your stakeholder is having a difficult time, you know, you might have to get your boss, or your boss's boss to reach out. You know, this is an all out blitz, man. You know what I mean? You just got to bring in the cavalry here and, uh, and get this thing done and keep moving it along. Keep, keep making progress. Keep advancing the deal. Try and avoid the stalls and be prepared to put on your crash helmet and, 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 and hang in and buckle up for the long haul because mega deals could take a while, even years. Um, hopefully not, but, you know, persistence and, um, continuing to engage with value and pulling the right levers, you know, is going to get you there. In terms of rule bending, I think that's more of, you know, hey, get creative, right? Do whatever it takes, uh, within legal reason, of course, within ethical and moral boundaries, But think outside the box, think differently. Bring in other people to brainstorm in your group, in your team, outside of your team, in a different division, um, in a different company, you know, within your network. Brainstorm ideas and approaches, share, Um, figure out different ways to get things done. Excellent. Next and final six, accustomed to being uncomfortable. Well, yeah, let's face it. That's a uh, that's one that's to me foundational. You know, we're going to feel uncomfortable a lot in sales. That means we're pushing the boundaries, we're pushing our own boundaries. You know, they say you're not growing if you're uncomfortable, if or if you're just too comfortable. So, you know, push the boundaries a little bit. Do things that make you uncomfortable. Um in terms of getting a deal done. That could mean many, many different things, but it it could relate to asking questions about current vendors or pricing models, competition, Um, asking, you know, direct questions. Who else is involved here, right, on your side to make a decision or what other vendors are involved? Or, you know, um, what is it going to take to get the budget approved? Or how can we accelerate this? Who has the authority to move this thing forward? So, you know, being bold, being uncomfortable, I agree 100%, is definitely a key. So, good stuff today. Six key traits of the mega dealer. Think about it, guys. How do you become a mega dealer? How do you think big? Right? Um, how do you 10x? your money, 10x your sales, your bank account, right? Think about all of this. Think about how you really think big, become a mega dealer, right? And it means, number one, financial literacy. Number two, creative problem solving. Number three, nurse-like empathy or therapist-like empathy, as I call it. Number four, process management. Number five, rule-bending. Number six, being accustomed to getting uncomfortable. So let's go, guys. Let's get uncomfortable and let's become a mega dealer. Peace.